Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. He's a repeat guest. He's none other than Mr. George Ross. George has been an attorney for, my gosh, more than 60 years. He's the best-selling author of two books on real estate and negotiation. He's taught at the law school at NYU for over 20 years, and he's best known for his role as executive vice president in the Trump organization. 92 years of age, he's one of the wisest men I know, and I love our monthly conversations with George. Listen to my conversation with George Ross. Well, welcome, George. Uh, good to see you, Victor. Good to see you as well. Just great to have you here again. How have you been handling just being sequestered at home these days, not traveling? What's that been like? Yeah, not, not, it's, it's pretty good in New York. So it's, it's, now you can go around and most people have been vaccinated. So it's not terrible in New York anyway. Let's start off with something that's kind of surfaced in the last several weeks. We've been working on a couple of different condo projects. And one of them, we had a tier one architect out of Houston decline to build or design a, a $50 million new condo build uh, for the simple reason that he said that, and these are in his words, all condo projects result in litigation these days. Now, he's an excellent architect. He's got an amazing track record. Uh, and the only condition he was willing to undertake the design work is if we, the developer, purchased NARES an emissions policy uh, on his behalf at a cost of $220,000, which isn't a huge deal. But it actually raises the question, I've heard this from other architects as well, as to whether the condo asset type is becoming too risky as an asset class and uh, just because of the threat of litigation. I don't know what it is about that particular asset class that's causing this, but wanted to get your thoughts and perspective on it. Okay, get my thoughts and perspective. Uh, I don't know where you, what, what condos are any riskier than any other residential structure. I don't know if the condo has anything to do with it. As far as the architect, uh, the architect is dead wrong. The uh, same way you, you hire a lawyer, do you insist upon uh, malpractice insurance that you can pay for it? It's like saying, I'm, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. If the architect is, is good, and you, obviously he is here, then he should be able to subscribe to his work and get his own errors and omissions policies. Why at that point does he charge that off to the owner, to the to the, peep, to the client? It just doesn't make sense. It, it concerns me that the architect is not that sharp. Maybe a good architect, but he's not aware of what's going on in the business world. It's typical what you have. Condo is no different than any other building. It's a higher rise uh, structure, I assume. It's got to be built according to the code, the, the various regulations that you have governing the construction of property, wherever it may be, and assuming that uh, he designs it right and is built right, uh, what's the problem? It's, usually it's not the design of the building. It's the basic structure itself has created a problem. I assume a good part of this has come from uh, the, the building that went down in Surfside, Florida, where, where so many people were killed. And this is where I assume that uh, his hesitancy is, uh, you know, is, is basically appearing. That would be my thought. I don't know if I'm right, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see it any different than any other building, any other building project. I wouldn't pay the 220000 I'd get a different architect. Yeah, I mean, that, the notion, uh, we, we kind of responded with almost exactly what you said, and, and, and it, the, con the conversation predated the Surfside 
situation. So it wasn't driven by that. But I think the thinking was that if there is an issue with the condo building, condo boards have a propensity to sue the builder. The, the, the builder then points the finger at the architect. And then you have this massive, you know, swirling pretzel of, of, uh, of litigation. Why would it be any different? Uh, why would I understand what you're saying is there's a difference because you have condo, it's a condo board is about to sue an architect. Right. Uh, rather than if it weren't a condo board, but it was uh, owned by an individual owner, the, he might not sue the architect. I don't, I, you know, I don't see that as a tremendous distinction. To me, if the building is built right, uh, which it should be, then uh, I wouldn't have any problem fighting if, if I were a lawyer representing an architect, I'd rather represent him as against a, a, a condo board than I would represent him as against a, uh, an individual owner who knows what he's doing. Condo boards, you know, they're, they're just not that sharp. They're not people that know what's going on. Generally, they're good businessmen, but they don't have anything really to do with the construction. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, to, to me, I, it's a tempest in a teapot. I'm not, I, would, I wouldn't uh, look at, I wouldn't be upset with it one way or the other. I'd go out and get a different architect. It's the first time I've heard of this. Interesting. Okay. So, but not only that, there are many instances where we hired architects. Yeah, they all have a narrow and omissions policy if they've done something wrong. Like a lawyer has a malpractice policy if a lawyer has done something wrong. It's a professional person. He should be willing to underwrite his, his work. Okay. No, I appreciate the perspective. And, 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 you know, this is why we have these conversations is you hear things and you know, sometimes I hear things and you got to try and make sense of it and put it in perspective. And I understand that. I think it should be put in perspective, but I just can't see why all of us, why it's, it, it came up in, in a particular instance when this is inherent in the construction of major buildings, the architect designs it now. The design is not usually the problem. The physical construction based on the design is usually the problem. Right. So the architect designs and says, yes, if it's built this way, the building should last 30, 50, 50 years or 100 years. But what usually happens if something occurs, it's because it wasn't built in accordance with the architect's design and also the building code, the regulations that govern the construction. So the steel was fine, but it wasn't set good, or the concrete wasn't good. It's, it's very rarely, uh, it goes back to the architect. And I can honestly say in all in my experience, and this is now basically having done a lot of these buildings for the better part of 60, 70 years, I've never seen one where they've sued the architect successfully. Interesting. It's true that if, if you have a catastrophe, they'll sue everybody in the, everybody that's involved including the architect, the, the, uh, the, the concrete per, the person who put in the concrete, the inspectors that's at the town, the zoning, everybody to put everybody in a pot. But so what? I don't see the liability and I don't think, I think it's inherent to any professional person that they have a certain amount of protection that what you've done was right. And the architects are the least vulnerable. It's hard to say that the building wasn't designed well. Right. You could say it wasn't built well, but how it wasn't designed well? No, I haven't seen that. There was a very interesting case, and I don't want to go too deep on this. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Citicorp Tower on uh, Lexington 54th Street, the one that sits on top of uh, the the church yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I think it was Bethlehem Steel that did the construction on that particular building, and the the architect um, who 
uh, or actually the structural engineer who did the engineering work uh, designed some diagonal braces uh, to transfer the load from the column from the, from the edges of the building to the center columns because the whole building is cantilevered yeah, over I'm, these I'm columns. I'm thoroughly familiar with the building. Yeah. I'm thoroughly familiar with the building. Yeah, and the architect had to design columns to, to take in the fact that the corner of the building was not supported. The exactly. Corner, the corner over the church. Exactly. So now what you're dealing is you're creating a, a structure, an, a steel structure, which is not typical because usually any, any structure would be anchored on at least four places. This one was not. This was anchored with, with you had to support the main beam from the other, around the church at the other place. So you are now creating a, a, a uh, horizontal structure or beams, which was unique for the site. Whole different ballgame. The, the epilogue to this story. Familiar with that, thoroughly familiar with that building. So the epilogue to the story that you may how it was done, right? So the epilogue to the story that you may or may not know is there was a graduate student at Princeton University who tried to replicate the engineer's calculations and she couldn't. So she went back to the engineer and said, under certain wind loading conditions from the diagonal, I think this building falls over. And he discovered that she was right. So over the span of three months, they hired every welder in sight, and at night welded these uh, bolts that could shear to strengthen the building without telling anybody except for the city, the building department, and their insurance company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you had to do it because you, we, you're creating stresses that are not typical in a, in a building construction. Right, right. Because of the cantilevering effect over the church. Yeah. Yeah. And they got a high-rise building above it. Thoroughly familiar with it. It was very interesting. As a matter of fact, I had a client in the building. <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of the land on which that building was built. So I am thoroughly familiar with it. And it was very unusual. And for uh, anyone that looks or comes to that area, you look and see that the main support is in the center of the, the block, not the corners. I love my conversations with George. He brings so much perspective, the kind of perspective that's only possible after having lived through multiple market cycles. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.